verbal discharge. The world's third to best radio show, not about squid. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. What a beautiful Polynesian island we have. Apparently, I'm Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, when we, when we exiled you to this island, we, we, we wanted you to, like, to keep absolutely quiet and like, not keep telling, t- telling everyone it's Polynesia. It's nowhere near Polynesia. You're not supposed to know where it is. It is Polynesia if I say it's it is no- Polynesia. Look, it's nowhere near Polynesia. Um, well, I'm telling you that so, so you don't know where you are. You're in the middle of nowhere. We're keeping you there. This place looks a lot like Polynesia. It's not Polynesian, Nelson. I think it's... Nel- look at the coconuts. Nelson. Consider Nel- the waves. Nelson. Nel- Nelson, it's it's not Polynesia. Also, oh. Nelson, um, the Moana song you're quoting is Consider the Coconuts, Consider the Trees. <laughs> and and, and this, this island will not give you what you need, Nelson. This, 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 is, a, this is a punishment... For your, for, your, for your crimes. But it will give me plenty of time to work on my screenplay for Moana 2, Return of the Manta Ray. Nobody wants to read your screenplays, Nelson. I am Nelson Mandela, and you will all read my screenplay. Exterior. Day. In the park. It is me, Nelson Mandela. Nelson, stop I am ripping off that episode and of I am climbing a tree. First off, where did you get the paper from? Like, we, 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 we'd, we'd search you, we'd put you on the island. You made right, the paper we, we, from we, the fibres. We should have left you by now. I mean, like, we, we should have just left you too. We, we just dropped you off on the island. And I, you, you're just stressing us out so much. We just have to... We, we've got other fucking things to do, Nelson. We've got families to get back to. And we have to fucking sit here babysitting you, making sure you get the fucking idea. It's not fucking Polynesia, Nelson. Hey. Hey, um, it's um, it's me, Steven Spielberg. Um, I just heard oh, there was a hey. really top. I was just here on holiday, and I just thought. I mean, when I say I'm in holiday, I mean in prison. But I heard there was a really top screenplay going. Steven Spielberg. Hi. I am so glad you could join me in Polynesia. Yes. I have written a story about myself. It is called Moana Two: <laughs> Revenge of the Manta Ray, and okay. also Nelson Mandela. Oh, and yeah. okay, okay. I like the I like the 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 and there, the and in the title. Um, you might notice all my films have the word and in the title, uh, such as Jaws, extra and, and terrestrial, um, Ju- no, Jurassic wait. and World, A and um, I, Jaws, and, and like, <laughs> question ellipses, mark, question mark. Yeah. Most people skip the and for some reason. I don't know why the marketing team hated it. Steven Spielberg. Hi. Today is your lucky day. Yeah. I have a screenplay here. Yes. It is written on rudimentary papyrus I made from husking crab shells. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, that's... That's not scientifically possible. I mean, first off, there's obviously been a bit of clerical error here, because we, we, we didn't realise we'd put Steven Spielberg in this island as well. Like we, The, the oh. point was, the point was isolation. We, we're supposed to put Nelson here so he doesn't have any contact with the outside world. People think he's dead, Yeah. but we just put him on an island. Well, I, I asked. But yeah, we, we put you here a while ago. And yeah. I've basically just got what I want for the last like forty-eight years. Yeah. So, the <laughs> system obviously is not, it's obviously not working. Then is it? No, it's like, working. It's working for me. Yeah. Steven I, I mean, all I'm like all that's happened for you. We're, I put you on the island. You've, you've you've built up a media empire. Yeah. And now we've just delivered Nelson Mandela to you. People don't realise this island is where I've shot all of my films for yeah. the last fifty years. Ha ha ha! While you were distracted, bickering amongst yourselves, I, Nelson Mandela, have taken the only boat. 
and I'm sailing it away, leaving you all on the island. Well, thank you for announcing uh, that. Enjoy Nelson. this Polynesian shithole. I mean, I mean, I it mean. is I, Michael Phelps, with a knife, <laughs> swimming after your boat. Oh no, oh, Michael <laughs> Phelps is chasing me down. Look at him go. He is I've, holding a knife in his teeth. I've got 15 gold medals in stabbing world leaders. <laughs> oh no, Michael Phelps is about to stab me. He is boarding the boat. Oh no! What 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 can what can stop Michael Phelps? What can stop Michael <laughs> Phelps? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, so Nelson's dead <laughs> again. Again. Oh no! I have been stabbed to death <laughs> by Michael Phelps. Now, now he's dead for real. I mean, we we're covering up in the first place, but now, now he's just dead. Before he got replaced by his brother, yeah, um, Paul Mandela. Paul, Paul Mandela. Mandela. Yeah. Not that he would know about Paul Mandela. Um, actually. He died on Nelson on Robin Island. Uh, no, no, they named it Nelson Island after him just to be more accommodating. Because he because he carved a statue well, or a giant. You know they name all prisons of his face into a mountainside. They name all prisons after the most recent prisoner to go in there. <laughs> yeah. so they have to rename them constantly. It's, 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 it's a fucking like clerical nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I know. They have to change all the forms every Legally, time. Legally, every in. single time. The guy, the guy, like, like in the papers office, he's just like, fuck's sake, he's just God. smoking so much. But like now, it's not even Nelson Island. I've just realised it's, bas- it's it's Stephen Island. Yeah, it's, Steve- it's Stephen Island now. I'm trapped here with you because the boat's floating out over there outside there. Michael Phelps is still standing on it. <laughs> I'm just standing on a boat. I yeah. stabbed Nelson Mandela. What would Michael Phelps say when he stabbed Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Phelps turns up, stabs Nelson Mandela, steals his boat, <laughs> and then just floats randomly. <laughs> Forever is 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 just like floating around the coast of the island. <laughs> he and, never uh, leaves. It it doesn't know how to row the boat. Or <laughs> he's um, got to that point of like post sportsman malaise where he's got no idea what to do with his life. Now he's he's no longer yeah. at the peak of his athletic ability. People and he can't just, do anything yeah, else. Just hangs around. People island. don't <laughs> want him for like yoga adverts anymore. The greatest men in history. It's like you know when you get a lot of films where you've got the sort of the gimmick of there's someone yeah. on an island and there's always a reason why they can't Wait, who go are out. You? Like, like like oh there's really treacherous water or oh, oh there's there's sharks in yeah. it or something. I really like the idea of one island that is constantly circled by Michael Phelps. No no like, <laughs> whenever anyone attempts to bear grills riding Michael Phelps. Oh what a combination. Or like Chris Hoy with a shotgun. <laughs> I imagine, Former um, Olympic athletes with I weapons. Think, yeah, like I think Olympic athletes would be great murderers. Yeah, and a really good set of top trump cards. Could you could you imagine being killed by Anthony Joshua? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be you know. Yeah, I actually can. Like we can joke about Michael Phelps killing you, but I think Anthony Joshua, if he really wanted to, could probably very easily kill a man. Mm. Imagine being killed by Oscar Pistorius. That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd, he'd just he'd, he'd beat you until you were legless. Yeah, or he'd shoot you through a door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? Yes. Um, hello, I'm talented local comedian Robbie Owen, and hey. this week I was interviewed on BBC Radio Derby, um, which was an interesting experience. How did how did that go for you? Um, I mean. It was an interesting experience, let's put it that way. Um, I mean, Jordan, you were on the same guy's show. I don't know if we should mention his name. Should we mention his name? Do it. It rhymes don't. with Biggie. I probably, yeah. probably Tupac. Shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, <laughs> we were interviewed by Tupac. He was on, you're, you're on Biggie Smalls' yeah. um, radio, radio show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, did the claws come out. 
Yeah. Um, I'd been told, I got an email on Friday saying that they want a talented local comedian to uh, provide some top tips on sort of writing stand-up sets as part of their Red Nose Day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So I wrote five tips. Um, and I sort of readied this and I was sort of prepared them properly and everything. And I turned up and I sat waiting in the lobby with Radio Derby playing Did they out, make you wait is... for about... 15 to 20 minutes. It was about half an hour's wasting. Yeah, yeah. I turned up like five, ten minutes before they asked me to. Yeah. And yeah. then... I, I emailed when I was going to when I had yeah. the interview and they said, no, don't turn up early. Yeah. I was like, okay. Okay. I didn't. I just... They said turn up at one, so I turned up at like 10 to. And then they didn't sort of call me for it until about 20 past. So yeah, about half an hour sat waiting to radio, listening to Radio Derby, which is basically purgatory. And <laughs> I... It is. Um, you get a glass of water while you're there, though. Oh well. Oh no, yeah, it, the, well, yeah. It, it it really makes up to having to have to listen to BBC Radio Derby. They have, they have a little fridge, the receptionist is like, Hey, do you want do you want a glass of water? Wait, so... <laughs> a, li- a little water gnome. <laughs> <laughs> it just like just like comes out of a mouse hole and goes, Hello, <laughs> She had like this really big green hat. I wouldn't have known I just thought they wouldn't have been there. So are, like, they, oh. are they constantly playing Radio Derby yeah, in, yeah. in the waiting room? Yeah. It, Fucking narcissist. It, it's like yeah. Yeah. Why? What? What possible reason could they have? Because like, do you know, want to know why to it is? So that maybe they've called you for one reason, and maybe they'll say on air that they want you for a completely different reason, and you'll be able to quickly oh. re-prepare what you've prepared already. Robbie, I can't help but room. feel that you're speaking from experience. I'm here. speaking from experience. Yeah, I then heard him say, "No, we want a tip. Five tips. We're going to get some tips from writing the perfect joke from a local comedian." And so I went, "Okay," and I tried to rewrite my tips quickly and write some new ones. And I got in, and he just grilled me like Paxman style. It was incredible. Um, it was just asking, have you ever bombed? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Well, How I do you actually those, write a thing? I think those were probably the fairer questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He like, then... You can you could pretty easily answer that question with, yes, I've bombed, yeah, or is, no, I haven't. Yeah. But it's what came afterwards. Yeah, when he just said, go on and make me laugh, do something oh, funny. Oh, God, that is a, the worst possible fucking thing. Yeah. The thing as well is, like, like not only... Does it put you on the spot? Mm. But because I, I was listening to it at the time yeah. as you were going out and just laughing along with it, um, but you could not have found a presenter or an interviewer yeah. with a sense of humour so distant from yours. Mm. You were you were on completely different comedic wavelengths. He's he is a dad joker. <sighs> yeah, He's, he tells knock knock jokes and falls off his chair. Can we can and, we try can we try and recite the joke he, he, he told? You or like, or play, did, was, did, he, did he play two recordings of he jokes he played told two recordings of, of jokes himself. he told to his builder? Yeah, yeah. like and like, said it, it seemed really weird. Like, why would you just like play recordings of yourself to something? And then the builder kind of went, "Yeah, they're not very good." Yeah. And then I think he was kind of looking at me like, "Tell me they were really good." What's, and I wanted to go, "Yeah, they weren't very good." But the thing the is, joke? like, I felt the whole like... thing the whole time. Like, um, basically, I didn't find the things he was saying funny. But I, and when he was asking me, sort of essentially stupid questions I couldn't retaliate properly because it was his show Yeah, and it was like yeah, I was the uh, guest in his house I, so I, I couldn't could, attack yeah. I couldn't bite the hand that fed me or anything I, was, could, I could sense that you were getting more frustrated yeah yeah, yeah I, 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 I could really you could tell you hear it voice. in your yeah. voice in the sort of like the, the deeper and shorter all of your answers were getting I think if he'd been if we'd had him on discharge or perhaps we'd been at some sort of neutral venue I might yeah. have snapped back a bit more or I might have sort of done something. But the other thing is the audience were probably listening in because they like his sense or they know his sense of humour. Yeah. Um, so therefore I knew I wasn't appealing to them as well. Um, so that was sort of an interesting thing. And like when he asked me to do something funny, my instinct is to do some to do something that isn't funny because yeah. that's the funny thing you can do to sort of subvert that. And so I thought about just saying nothing. 
but yeah. then thought, well, no, that that would <laughs> yeah, be funny. It's radio. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I should appeal what, to him. So what, I said, oh, I could what, just fall off my chair because I'd be like slapstick. What did he expect you to do when he says do something funny like put on a little fucking clown? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, it, I, I didn't have my tap shoes with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. He, I eventually, I, what, did I, what did I say? James, you would, you seem to remember yeah, better your, than your, me. Your exact wording were, he said, go on then, we'll say something funny. And then there was a pause and you went, Fish. <laughs> They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then there was a, another pause, and he went, yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> and then it just sort of like, and then I think you did the thing that you sometimes do, which is where something hasn't landed, mm. and so you just try and repeat it in the hope that if you say it In more, a different way. Or in a slightly different way, it might land better. Yeah. And the guy was just clearly just not engaging with the material at all. Mm. He just could not get his head around it for the life of them. And then when he eventually, in the last minute, asked me quickly for my tips... Um, and he was clearly just sort of dismissing them all. And he interrupted yeah. me halfway through, actually, to say, "Oh yeah, oh, he did. I've got a joke. I just came up with this joke. Oh, um, yeah. I've just invented. I've just written this joke myself. The top of my head, off my the friends. top of my head. He, he was stressing. <laughs> yeah, he like, I'm so funny. I've just written this joke. The joke was. So I saw David Blaine. He then looked at me in the eye and said, David Blaine, the magician, because he noticed that I was under forty and therefore probably wouldn't know who David Blaine was. Everyone knows who um, David Blaine. He's, he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm surprised because I, well, I no, nobody's seen nor heard of from David Blaine since fucking 2003. Exactly, exactly. He realised that actually I was born in the last 30 years, yeah. so therefore there was a risky chance. So he looked me in the eye and said that. He said, "Yeah, I was just following David Blaine, the magician. Uh, I was following him in my car, and then he turned into a field." And I had a, a moment. I then went sort of did it. Oh yeah, well just, done. Just, just um, like, like but I opened nice my mouth. David Blaine's tricks. He, he never did that. He, tried, he locked himself in a box, but he, did, he never turned into a patch of land. Um, <laughs> he made it seem like he turned into a field. He didn't really do magic. He just tried to survive things. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll hold my head underwater for twelve seconds. Magic. He does a lot of interesting. Like a lot of it's physical challenges, or he's he's an illusionist, if nothing else. But the point is, he tried to devalue me by saying I've just come yeah. up with a really funny joke that he clearly read in a joke book in 1994. <laughs> And yet, instead, he's trying to use it now as, oh, I came up with this, I'm so funny, I'm so no, witty, I'm so it, on the it, spot. It, it's, it's the, the thing you said right after, I, I, I think you did a sort of like nervous laugh after and said, that, that was pretty good. And he, he, was, he said something like, that was from the top of my head, my friend. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. <laughs> Which is, no, it wasn't! Yeah. And I began to say, no, I table. actually began to say, so I must have like, no, I've heard that joke before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'd heard it, it was t- he turned into his drive rather than it turned into a field, yeah. um, which is why I didn't snap immediately, I think, because it took me a second to process it. Um, but I then eventually, when he began asking me for my top tips on comedy, um, I ran through a couple. I'm like, you want to do something that the audience aren't expecting? You want to do this, that, the other? Yeah. yeah. I gave a couple of sort of tips about just sort of varying the type of joke you're telling, whatever. Um, and then he was sort of becoming more and more frustrated <laughs> with me. Um and he sort of he said something back, and he said like for my final thing, and then I said and it was sort of really like almost to downplay everything he just said. Or oh, you could just say the word poo because that's always funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh, that was great. And he sort of looked at me and then he said, "Well, I'll try and use your tips, but I think I might bomb." Oh and yeah, then and then he and dropped the, the mics. Yeah. And then I thought, Do you know, what? you probably will bomb because you're not funny. What did he say to you, anything to you after yes. that? Because well, you came out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I had a conversation with him afterwards. I don't know if he just said no. Get he just out. sort of stood up and shook my hand and went, "Cheers, mate." The door, like the doors there, <laughs> and just sort of what, showed me. What out. was he expecting from you? I don't like, know. It's, it, it's an interesting thing, though, isn't it? Because like, not not to sort of, not not, not to dissect it mm. too much. But I think your standard of comedy, Robbie, quite often falls into a more 
contemporary understanding of comedy. You mm. play on anti-humour a lot. You play on jokes that are intentionally unfunny in order, for the sake of being funny. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a level of comedic irony there. Whereas he clearly has that sort of very banal sense of humour, that very low-ranking, like, just everyday BBC radio local reporters or mm. presenters. <laughs> have, it was like being interviewed by Alan BBC Parker. Radio it Derby is, local yeah. presenters yeah. on the afternoon show. Yeah, but it's, it's just, he, he has that sense of humour of someone who has refined a taste of comedic light entertainment mm. for people who might be sat in offices or building sites. Yeah, trying very to make inoffensive. It. Yeah, I... just very bland, banal, mid-range comedy. Beige, beige comedy. Do you know what? It does just enough to engage you, but nothing else to be at all interesting. Whereas you know your style is very different from Pretty that, much Robbie. the first thing you said to me was... What? That I sort of came in and sort of the, the producer went... This is Robbie, blah, blah, blah. He said, are you Robbie Owen from Verbal Discharge, third best poet in the Midlands? <laughs> he did, yeah. I, it was amazing that you yeah. knew who he was. Um, no, I you. sort of shook hands with him and all of that. Um, and I took a seat. And I went to get my phone out because I've made my notes on my phone because I'm an annoying oh, snowflake no. millennial. Um, I, I, I don't know where this is going. I sort of, as I put it down on the table, um, I sort of looked up and he said to me, you haven't made me laugh yet. What the fuck? Yeah, because he was like, you're a comedian. What? You know it, what? It, no, it, it's like it's like the sort of people who say, "Oh, you're a comedian. You don't look funny." <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a the ridiculous thing to yeah, say. Though does. it's like, "Oh, you're a hairdresser. You haven't cut my hair yet." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, you're a chef. Why haven't you prepared me <laughs> a meal? Well, you're a builder. Why haven't you built a double-decked bus yet? Wait, builders don't do that. This, this it's, is, it's absurd. It is. It is absurd. Um, I know when when I went on yeah, with the Jordan same host. Also been on the show. Um, and everything that said host does has to, in some way, lead back to Rome Iron himself. Yes. Um, oh, God, yeah, so, I noticed so with yours I was well. there. I was there talking about... Um, oh, by the way, we're introducing ourselves. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm Jordan Reynolds, oh, yeah. and I went on a show with the same, with the same guy. Um, and I went on there to talk about a book that, I'm, that we're kind of publishing on as part of our Masters anyway. Um, and... I got I got in there and he was like, right, this is what's gonna what's gonna happen. You're gonna tell me this, then I'm gonna say this joke and talk about these streets. And I was like, okay. Um, and then while I was telling him about everything, he was like, you know what? You should really include. Oh, um, you should include this in the book. Um, oh, there's a really long street mm. and a really wide street in Derby. I'm like, yeah, that that's that's fucking interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he made jokes, and, it, oh, and they weren't was, funny. And he's so fucking. Everything that, has that to be about banal, yeah. Yeah, everything has to be about him in some way. Like I don't know if that's just kind of a trait that local radio hosts have. But I remember or... listening to that and thinking, like, you sounded more like a professional radio man than him, sort of struggling to remember the name of the street he walked down I, in 1976. I noticed that in, uh, in Robbie's one. Like, I, th- I think straight away, like I think Robbie just came across as just a generally. More natural host, <laughs> I feel. Oh, can, can we just put a pin in this to get introduced and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, I'm Ben, and I, my consciousness has been transferred into ten crows. Oh, yeah. Well, how did that happen? None of your business. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm James, and uh, this last week someone referred to me as a gender normative fuck. Okay. Oh, yeah, John, sorry about that. <laughs> Was this another five-year-old? Uh, it wasn't actually. I've upgraded slightly. I got insulted by a twenty-year-old. Oh, with the uh, mental age of a five-year-old, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I was at some. Um, I was at a birthday social gathering mm-hmm. for a friend of mine, uh, who I'll, I'll won't do the dishonour of naming. Um, and she had very, very. <laughs> but do they like, host a radio derby show? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she'd very, very 
Uh, I think brilliantly, it was a really, really good idea. As part of like the sort of evening's festivities, she had prepared a quiz entirely about herself. Right, and it was a, it was a really interesting idea actually. Like a lot yeah. of it, like was just sort of playing on like like she was again. Is she this Radio Derby host entirely by herself? <laughs> she's not. She's not. But but she. Um... What blood type am I? No, she, she, she took the piss <laughs> out of herself. It was it, it was it was really funny actually. Like it taught me loads of things I didn't know about. Her. Like it, it was just it was really really cool. But one of the questions was, what is the name of my household cat? Like the cat she has back at home with the parents and with the family and everything. And I thought, oh. We could perhaps do with narrowing this down a little bit. Yeah. So I said, what gender is the cat? And then a guy who was sat sort of a few seats over from me, who, your typical millennial snowflake, as you say mm. earlier, um, who's also an RA, which tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, RA at student halls, that is. Mm. Um, just turns to me and goes, does it matter, you gender normative fuck? Well, you are a gender normative fuck, James. Yeah. For saying that- How dare you, know, you be yeah, a male? You are. Like, does that make me a gender normative fuck for you wanting are. to you know are, the no, gender of a cat? You are. You're a gender normative fuck. You are. Yeah. How so? Because cause the guy said well, so. You fucking fascist. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me with my with my fist of iron breaking down all of your snowflake ideals by asking what gender a cat was. But no, it's if you're trying to narrow the cat's name down, you, you're going to cut out almost fifty percent of names. Yeah, for asking that. That's the thing. So, I, I thought that it's a uh, it's. It's not enough of a question to completely give us the answer, yeah. but it at least tells us which I, I ballpark it's not we want to feel. In. On you like, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking expecting. Well, the cat's name is Jemima, <clears throat> but he refers to be addressed as Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's not a reflection on your feelings towards gender fluidity so much as it is towards your urge to win the game. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, but like, may, I, may, I, may, may, maybe it, 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 it just means like. Trying to trying to split it like that just uh, draw, um, cuts out gender neutral cat names like Catus <laughs> and, and or Alex I, or, or and, Charlie and Feline. <laughs> Isn't it like like my, my my thoughts towards gender fluidity are quite open ones. Like, like obviously it's not something I can personally relate relate to, mm. having never like felt or experienced that that I identified more with a different gender. Yeah. But I, I genuinely think that if it makes someone feel more comfortable in their own skin, if it's what someone feels they should be and how they should be, then why not do it? Why not just do that and be comfortable? Does that mean that someone who asks the gender of a cat has to be considered a gender normative fuck? No, it fucking does I think that guy was a bit misguided. Yeah, yeah. also, also get... the cat would have to express yeah. an, a, a, like an interest in or, or the feelings that it, you know... And I very, very severely doubt that any cat has even so much as beyond the most rudimentary primal understanding of gender anyway. Yeah. I, I I I think they're more interested in where they eat, shit, and sleep. Pretty to, much. To be honest. Well, so am I. But well, yeah. I still recognise that as a man I can't cry. Uh, Can we go back to that pin of the of the the radio business? <laughs> we spent ten minutes on that guy on that that radio show. I thought there was more to Which tell. Is, okay, no, you um, you're on there for at least half an hour. I don't know. This is the kind of dead end <laughs> that, he, that he brought to the show. But it was it was an interesting experience. He did he did afterwards when he came back at the link because yeah. for some reason I'm like a sadomasochist um, and I was yes. just like he, 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 I'll he, listen. He went, he went straight into Radio Derby in a full like gimp yeah. suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and I carried on listening to Radio Derby for at least four minutes after Robbie had gone, yeah. which is Ooh. practically having your nail bed like torn off. But um, 
he actually, when when he came back on, said, and that was, he called you an award-winning comedian. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was like, he said, I wonder if your sides are still splitting. Oh. Whoa. Did nobody else hear that? Was no, I the no, only no, one to no, hear no, that? I was I, out of the I, building I, by I, that I, turned I, off I, as soon as Robbie left. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to listen to Radio Derby longer than I needed I to. wanted to see what he said when he came back on. I wanted to see if he'd, like, have another little kind of bitch at Robbie. Um <laughs> And I wasn't disappointed because oh. he goes. He, he said it in that sort of venom as well. He, he was like, "I hope your sides are still, still splitting." Well, you know what? His name's Twiggy, and he's a dick. Yay! <laughs> Take that, Twiggy. Also, borrowing your name from well-known '60s models. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, because I think he used to do a breakfast show or something, and I used to hear about oh Twiggy. I used to get confused. I used yeah, to the same person. I, I was like, "Oh, cool." Um, yeah. How, how did Radio Derby get Twiggy? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, no, oh, it's a oh, dull no, old he's, man. Because he's, he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, it's, it's, it's such a great journey Twiggy went through. Went from being a model in the 60s to being a boring old man. <laughs> <laughs> what if he listens to this? I hope so. Here's the thing, like, shit. it's a right of reply, isn't it? Like, he's been rude to me a couple of times on his yeah. show. That's fine. But we That's can fine. Sw- it's his show, as I said. But, I didn't want to snap him. we can be swearier on ours, so yeah. Yeah. it's fine. We can, we can say words that he can't say, like, like piss and... and like anything longer than six <laughs> syllables. <laughs> I have this image now of Twiggy sitting in the studio, like, God, I wish I could say frenulum. <laughs> He's like slamming his hands on the desk. Ah, like, oh, curse it! He, he, he really wants to say it, and then his, his PA comes He's in and, and, and says, like, And are you okay? And it's like, I'm fine. So, Frenulum. <laughs> 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 he's just like completely red faced. Like he's got a furrowed brow and he's shaking. sweating. You can, you can see all the veins in his wrist are sort of like raised because he's clenched his hands so tight. And like his assistant goes back out into the lobby and, she, and like a friend, uh, so someone else who says, Is he alright in there? She's just like, He's doing it again. <laughs> someone mentioned frenulum and he can't say it. <laughs> Andy Twig, Andy Twig re- wishes he could say frenulum. <laughs> What is... The glass smashes through the producer panel like <laughs> the pain. He climbs through a wall screaming. John, <laughs> <laughs> say it! Do you know what his phone name was? Slight, slight tangent again, but do you know what his phone name was for what? that week? What? what? Okay. It was. There was an item in the... Okay, the previous show was run by Sally Pepper. Yeah. And she'd had um, oh, someone talking Sally. about Peppa Pig. She's actually yeah. really nice. Yeah, she's actually lovely, she, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Carol, sorry. Uh, she's well, not many, talking. <laughs> many of the people on Radio Derby are both lovely and competent. Yeah. Um, Twiggy, not amongst them. <laughs> Twiggy's also there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, she'd mentioned Peppa Pig. And then there'd been an I- the last item on the news bulletin. I don't know if you heard this, if you tuned in early enough to hear the news no, no, no. when he's being introduced. Oh, right. yeah, no, I, I heard The last that. item on the news was that a cat called Pepper had been lost, but they'd now been found and reunited with their owner. Though apparently the cat is a bit jumpy still. Which is why I started by saying I just want to send my regards to Pepper the cat. I hope he's oh, okay. Though here he's okay, a bit jumpy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because that that really made me giggle in the lo- lobby. Um, and his phone in for that show was, "Do you know any animals called Pepper? If you do, then text an email in." The fuck does what? But how does that what? elicit an that? interesting response? How are you going to get any interesting uh, anecdotes yeah. out of that? Hello. There's, there's nothing else him. you can say yes. other than yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and my mean, friend, like... my friend Doug has a cat called Pepper. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye, Dog. So my friend, my friend Dog, Dog has a cat. <laughs> so, so my friend he's Dog to, has a cat. He's deep undercover. He's trying to make sure no one notices a dog. That's why he got a cat. He day, day twenty-four. <laughs> 
He says, uh, does anyone know any animals called Pepper? And someone phones and he goes, yes, actually, it's very interesting. I was listening to Radio Derby earlier and heard about a cat called Pepper getting lost and <laughs> it was found again. <laughs> okay, bye. And someone else phoned there. Is that, yeah, I've got a very interesting story. I was listening to Radio Derby and someone phoned in and said that they, they'd heard on the radio that it was a cat called Pepper. Okay, bye. Oh, really, really pushing the fucking envelope out there, aren't you, Radio Derby? <laughs> you really pushing it to the furthest possible reaches of journalistic coverage. I'd love people to get in touch with our, your stories about animals called Pepper at Verbitus Radio on Twitter, email things at verbitus.co.uk, the Facebook. Um, it doesn't matter if they're made up. I want to hear stories about animals called Pepper just to see if we can beat... Because I don't know, like, the thing is, you were probably the first people under 30 to listen to Radio Derby. Under 60, probably, <laughs> to listen to Radio Derby in the last, like, 40 years. Uh, and so I feel like, what what chance of the anecdotes are going to be interesting coming from 60-year-olds who are trying to remember if they once met a pet? Was it called Pepper? It might have been called Salt. Yeah, who knows? Can, can, you realise that we've just, we've opened, like, something of a tin of worms here. We, we are now going to have the verb dish radio in all the worms just, are called Pepper. Just full of YouTube videos of Pepper Pig. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. There's another Peppa Pig movie coming out soon. Another one? Yeah. Yeah, it's out next it, month. Peppa Pig and, and the like... Golden Gloves. <laughs> <laughs> They're oven gloves this time. Peppa She's Pig baking herself. Like, it's all Peppa different. Pig or oven gloves. It's like Peppa Pig and the Golden Helmet, and then soon she gets like the full set. <laughs> And she's a Minecraft character. <laughs> <laughs> no, then, yeah. then, then she can finally like um, she can finally defeat the final boss. The problem is, I'm gonna have to see this one. And the last Peppa Pig movie, I did what a 12 minute off the cuff rant without any preparation for oh, it. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah, I remember. preparation and or preparation. preparation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, um, you, you know that was an Andy Twig you, joke. You know, early on in Verbal Discharge, what we tried to do was who was it was was trying to get to say Dick Beast? Uh, Jessica Venice. Yeah, yeah. Jessica I think what we should do now, we should try and get Andy Twig. Uh, to say Frenulum. Frenulum. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then make all our jingles out of that. That's achievable. That's yeah. achievable. Can, yeah, that's more achievable than Jess Karenis saying Dick Beast. Yeah, yeah you just need to phone in and, and like, uh, say, like, ask to say Frenulum. I've got a great story about someone called Pepper. <laughs> and then, oh, guess what? I want you to say Frenulum. <laughs> but, but before I tell you this story, Andy, uh, can, can you... Can, can you Give me give me a bit of a um, give me a bit of a favor. Can you can you can you say friendly for me? I've got this word. I'm going to define it for you. And maybe if you could just tell me what the word is, I just can't get off the top of my head. Which, which bit is the frenulum? I think it's the banjo string. It's yeah, it's the yeah. the banjo. The banjo. The banjo. Banjo kazooie. <laughs> Every time you look in a mirror, yeah, you banjo string. You look, it moves. It goes. <laughs> and in the background, you go, there you go, Twiggy. That enough comedy for you? <laughs> so we're we're all writers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. we're we all passed writing degrees. Yeah. Yes, we did. And we're all qualified uh, on, on various writers. degrees of writing, on yeah. writing degrees. And I just want your your opinions on something. Uh, I've got I've got a few paragraphs that recently presented to me um, yeah. by a man called uh, Liam O'Flynn. Liam O'Flynn is a writer and English teacher, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called Writing with Stardust, the ultimate descriptive guide for students, parents, teachers, and lovers of English. Oh. Which he... And well, he I'm used... all of those things. I know, parent. yeah. And you love English, yeah. and you're a teacher, you're exactly. a student, and I'm you're a, a parent. Student. Yeah, exactly. How's, how's your, uh, your little lad? Um, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Um, custody's a bitch, so... Yeah. Yeah. He did turn to custard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah. walk on him, and I yeah. <laughs> and I just pour him into swimming pools. Miss, and miss walk on Robbie him. Owens, custard child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is this is the th- first one. Um, he has like various uh, various levels of these. Mm. Uh, the first one being a basic paragraph. 
and gave us this. You look, you're looking smug, Ben. You can't see Ben smiling. She had a sculpted figure which was twine thin. Her waist was tapered and she had a burnished complexion. A pair of arched eyebrows looked down on sweeping eyelashes. Her delicate ears framed a button nose. A set of dazzling angel white teeth gleamed as she, gent- as she blew gently on her carmine red fingernails. It was a pleasure to see her flowing moon shadow black hair, her enticing constellation blue lips, no blue eyes, constellation blue lips, blue eyes gazed at me over her puffy heart shaped lips. Her lips tasted strawberry sweet when I kissed her. She had a bouncy personality and a sugary voice, which I adored. Not to be content to be just another drone, she wore vibrant clothes. Well, that was overwritten. So, uh, yeah, so what do you that, think of that? That is that, Sorry, so let, let's take that's, this that's, back that's a, to the beginning. Yeah. This, this is what Ben... He said it was a basic paragraph. Yeah, this, this is... Um, it's, I, I don't know whether level one of this is in, but I've introduced it. It says level two, a basic paragraph. Okay. And it's like, there's, there's, uh, I've got levels two, three, and four here. So... This this is just the start this, of the overwriting. This is a, a basic paragraph to um. That to that, that is a basic paragraph. Ad- admittedly, that, that overwritten trite. Admittedly, he didn't use any Flynn. adverbs. So now, you at one point said she had blue lips, as though she was being strangled. Yeah, she, she is. Yeah, yeah. It's, Con- consolation blue lips. It, it's the bit though that Couldn't like help. like, and I, I've seen so many writers fall into similar pitfalls. Usually, people when they're first starting up, when they mm. assume that. If you use more adjectives, mm. it makes you a better writer. Oh, it, it, I, I was there when I started. We all were. I started I, I used, with my I creative so writing degree. It, it, it's, it's just line after line, and it's like, she had this, she had this, and when I kissed her, she had this. It's one of those things, though, that people that don't know writing without sounding snobbish yeah. look at and go, oh, that must be good writing. But, but, but this was written by an English teacher, and so yeah. it's supposed to be teaching writing. It's the sort of thing that would get you good marks in a year nine exam. Writing with stardust. This, this is this is one of the problems I have with like English being taught in schools is they teach you all of these things, write descriptively, use all these adjectives, and then when it actually gets to the real world, they're like, don't use all that, don't use adverbs because yeah, it it the thing is though, they, they they don't necessarily. I, I think we've got something of a warped perspective on it from having gone from secondary school and sixth form and college and where the yeah. fuck ever we all went where you are taught all these things. You're taught adverbs, you're taught how to use clauses, you're taught adjectives, you're taught how to structure a sentence. Now, all these different parts flow together, but they don't necessarily teach you when to use them. Mm. And just because you can use them doesn't mean that you should should. always use them. it's, It's about what you should do as opposed to what you could do. I remember how shaken everyone was when we did that one Raymond Carver class in the first year. And it was suddenly like, oh, actually, you don't need to do lots of writing. I mean, yeah. the amount of people that suddenly went back and started editing their work, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, minimalism exists. Well, what, do you, what do you think of a last line there? Not to be content to be just another drone. She wore vibrant clothes, which just comes out of nowhere. That sounds so... She's a I'm... pixie dream girl. Yeah. This, this is telling extreme. Yeah. Yeah, you're not as special as you think I'm, you are. I'm, 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 boy. If you think this is telling, do you want to, do you want to hear the next what? part? Tell me, Ben. Uh, oh, James, what are you saying? What, what, what was the bit? Just to go because the bit that really stopped me was it about her carmine red, red fingernails. Why say carmine red? Carmine itself is, red. is a de- it's a shade of red. It's, mm-hmm. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say like, um, oh, her blue aquamarine face. You made me think of the blue man. There are, f- <laughs> there are a few. There are a few colours, like I suppose sky blue. Sky yeah. blue. Um, the, was it? Is it baby pink? 
those are those yeah are, but those are actual those definitive are actual colours. definitive colors oh, yeah. but carmine is a color by itself you wouldn't say like turquoise blue and green but you <laughs> <say> it, <laughs> blue and green one word here's the, here's the thing it's because it's writing for kids though isn't it and they don't know what carmine is well don't use the word carmine exactly right yeah. for your audience no. just say she was a woman and be done with it like no, it's, 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 it's not just children and parents and teachers and lovers of English. Okay, sorry, sorry to lovers of English, children, parents. You're writing for and, too many people and, and people who are 16 and think this is how you write. Give us level okay. three, Ben. Okay, level three, creative paragraphs. Whoa, a level three paragraph. I first met her on a holiday to an exotic country. The moon's delicate light had just turned the world aflame oh, with silver up. when I saw her. Whoa. She had a comely figure which was stem thin. Comely. Her curvilinear waist. <laughs> she had a Welsh figure. Her <laughs> Her curvilinear waist didn't surprise me as much her as what? Sa- her curvilinear waist what didn't surprise f- me fuck? as much of a saffron tint to her complexion. She must be a native, I thought to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes on. Her crescent-shaped eyebrows inclined slightly as she saw me staring at her. Sorry, I, I yelped at being caught. Her languid eye... I live on a crescent, like, oh, back home anyway. So I'm, u- I'm imagining the entire street like with houses and everything on her eyebrows. Let, let Ben finish. Her, her languid eyelashes of velvet black blinked once slowly oh, as if to invite me over. Velvet black. When I came closer, I noticed her scrolled ears and her elegant nose. She's got she... fucking papyrus hanging <laughs> off her ears. She nuzzled me with her nose, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's a wa- dog! It was the custom for her people, I reckoned. And then she Holy died. fuck! Then she it's started pumping my leg. She's a dog. It was love at her first sight. Her, lubina- her luminous, heavenly white teeth flashed as She's she poured at me with her film star nails. Okay. Her, hair, the- her hair was a glorious tumble of star beam hyphen gold. I should stop. What? I, I should stop pronouncing the hyphens. Okay. Star beam gold. And her, her virility brown eyes set my heart a thump. Dog. Her, ox, her oxbow lips positively drooled with goodness. Dog! Definitely oh. a dog! Oh, those sugar candy sweet lips, her elegant personality, all mesmerised me. She may not have had a saccharine voice or retro clothes, but what you expect when two Labrador when pups meet yeah. in a dog pound? Oh! She was a dog. Actually oh! was a dog! She was a dog! She was a dog the whole time. Uh, who saw that one coming? Wait, did, she, did he finish it with she was a dog the whole <laughs> you know, time? But she am a, she am a dog. <laughs> Do you know what? At least he wasn't Neil. Yeah. <laughs> that was a callback. 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 That was a callback. Um, no, no the, the thing about that is, like, not only is it textbook overwriting, Curling. but it does, it does, like, like to, to look aside from the actual specific language use, it does a thing that, again, a lot of um, early writers fall into. It's quite a typical pitfall, which yeah. is they use it to vent their own personal fantasies. Yeah, and, and this person e- fancies even fucking though, a dog. Even though I understand that it is a story about two dogs, it is built on this, like, oh, she was so shapely. She was so... What this, sort, what so, sort of dog so has oxbow lips? She was a big, sexy dog, and she wanted me. Unless it's like, she may not have had a saccharine voice or retro clothes. No, because she was a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that, is that again, though, isn't it? it, it it's, she wanted me, because I was so... It reminds me of um, my... Um, secondary school graphic design teacher left school to become a writer and he published mm. a book 
that was like an entire collection of sexual fantasies he's had about students. Through and, really, and wow. through was, an yeah, actual was, publisher. Was, were you in it? It was. It, no, it was published. It was published. He found a small publisher. No, I wasn't actually. I read the entire thing. Where's the bit where he's small boy called Bames Bosson? Bames Jossen. Was it Austin McCauley by any chance? No, it was. I won't name. Was it Morrison? But he. It, like like the the story was about it wasn't just a collection of short stories called um, me fucking students by <laughs> it's a picture of him, him and a covered of shrugging <laughs> <laughs> no it was um it was about um a graphics design teacher who was really frustrated with his with his job and his marriage oh and my constantly God. had sexual advances made on him by students that he occasionally took them up on Oh. Uh, whilst whilst also trying to solve this mystery of a disappearing girl, secondary and then he finds school, her and then they fuck. Secondary school children. Spoiler alert: secondary school children. So underage. Underage children. Oh my god. Underage children. So this was a like a, a just a fucking awful Lolita. He was a he was just he was a really weird bloke. He yeah, was but even you describe Lolita. Yeah, yeah, but even with 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 Lolita, it's not actually about a little girl. She fucking represents something. Mm. This is just about. Someone who's just like, I really want to fuck these kids. I understand why he left his job before going into publishing it. Because had he, had he released a book and then like come into school the next day, yeah. and I, I imagine he would have had a call into the headmaster's office. Like, yeah. now we just want to talk to you about, about this book. Talk. Take we, a seat. We, take a seat. Now, I Ignore Officer turn, Jenny. Just want to turn to page, to page 34. Pokemon, Pokemon yeah. <laughs> Uh, this shows you as well. She's um, looking after the student you molested. Show us on the student where you'd like to touch them. Turns out they Would anybody like to hear level four? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, there's a level four. There's a level four. It's like fucking it's, Scientology. It's, it's, it's it goes all level. the way up to a level you, 99 Rayquaza. But by this point, you've, 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 already, uh, you've, you've paid $10,000. You've, uh, you've, you've had your isonones um, reinvigorated by the canthon machine they've That's realigned a... your isosceles bone rays yes and now you're now you're at level four mm. advanced paragraphs her amazonian figure sit we- sat well on her wafer thin body she had a decanter shaped waist and her complexion had an impeccable ultra- i can't even read it ultras who hugh is it about a clock hugh. And, and i can read hugh but like is the word before it i don't know whatever her pencil-thin eyebrows eased gently to her black beetles-like In eyelashes. All of these, the first thing he's mentioned is the eyebrows. He's just, he's just got an eyebrow face. He's, yeah. What I imagine he's doing is he's Although, describing someone from the from top, the top down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And then he's talking about the clothes last. Mm. Like, and you've got a sense from the, also the, the clothes he's mentioned. Like You get a clear impression of who he's into, don't you? Yeah. Right, the retro clothing and the bright clothes. Uh, yeah. okay. And the fact that they're dogs. Oh, yeah. and they're <laughs> he's dogs. really into hipster dogs. <laughs> As a sculptor could not have fashioned her seraph's ears and pixie's nose any better. Yeah. When she broke into a smile, her beguiling oyster white teeth lit up the room. Oyster white? <laughs> Which is o- 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 oysters aren't exactly white either. Fucking but, like, but, black. But, yeah, they're kind of like a greyish <laughs> colour. It's like, she should see a fucking dentist. <laughs> It could jolt you like an electric current when a megawatt smile, when that megawatt smile gave you her full attention. Fil- that bit, that, was, that bit wasn't f- awful. File, filed to perfection, her Venus red fingernails, Venus isn't red. That's shit. Venus red fingernails ran through her nougat, nougat brown hair. Spools of it plunged 
around her photogenic face and hid a swan's neck. I don't know why she was hiding a swan's neck. <laughs> Elegant and smooth. Just keep me behind <laughs> Is it an animal? <laughs> it's oh, not a you got that? It's not a swan's neck. <laughs> Do you think... <laughs> I, I loved her nebulous Eden green eyes that were a sparkle with what the... What does that even mean? Her, her Eden green eyes that were a sparkle with the quote-unquote joy de vivre. They oh, were like throwing two... in foreign language. That yeah. always sounds good. They were like two barrel green jewels melted onto snow. Her calamine pink lips tasted like rose petals. It surprised me that they were plump and Botox boosted, as she had a demure, timorous personality. Do you she think wi- it took him long to write this one hundred? She wi- <laughs> <laughs> she whispered to me in a dulcet voice, as sweet as any songbird. Her voguish clothes still kept a captive. They still kept captive an aroma, uh, red uh, redolent of cinnamon and meadow fresh mint. It lingered in the room long after she had gone. And that's and that's level four. That was shoddy. That's writing. That that's what writers Where do. Where was the twist at the end? Was she? Was she? Was she what was she? Was she a fox? Was she She's uh, a dog. They were all was dogs. She a clock? Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, these are supposed to be like user examples in his book as good writing. He's level five. In, in, she came up to me barking <laughs> as I unzipped my trousers. <laughs> his, his, his lipstick penis the, came with teeth. The dirty <laughs> bastard. I'm, I'm, I'm going to search for this book, actually. I'm, I'm going to see if, it, if, see if it's on Amazon and see if it's, uh, how much it's worth. Here it is. Wait, I found it. So, so oh, this, was, it. This, was, this was sent to you. Um, uh, um, it was brought to my attention by my girlfriend, and it's and this this is an actual book. It it costs uh, nine pound ninety nine in paperback, or it's free in Kindle Unlimited. That's probably still too expensive for it. Yeah, no, I I think you should give me money to give me that. Yeah, I'm gonna look for the blurb for this book. Yeah, that is just that is textbook overwriting. Right, well, literally, it's a textbook. Oh oh boy, oh boy, uh, I'm I'm already seeing good ones in this. Okay. Writing with Stardust will launch your writing skills into a different orbit. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> just going to nip that one in the it's bud. It's just, just, just sort of space imagery, isn't it? It, it? it not only shows you how to write, not ri- it, it shows you. It, it shows tell. you how to write. Should and tell. <laughs> it, it teaches you how to look at the world with a quote-unquote artist's eye. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Spring is described as nature's defibrillator in the book. What? What, what the fuck what does that even mean? mean? Why is spring nature's defibrillator? Because it's it's bringing life yeah, back I into the world. It, Jordan, and I get what he's trying to say, but it's fucking lazy what? and an inept, fucking in, useless analogy. And why in, put it in there? Why put it in halfway through? Just showing oh, like he's so, so, so proud just, of that just, analogy. Just, just, just reading that, he's like, oh, if I describe spring as nature's defibrillator, what else are they capable of? Exactly. There's, there's, there's so many other things you could say with spring. Like he's trying to connote that it's coming, it, it's bringing it back, it's coming back to life. Everything's coming back. But a defibrillator connotes sudden, abrupt jolts of life coming out, and that is not what spring is. And bad writing. I don't mind the metaphor itself. Like it's sort of a five out of ten fine metaphor. It's like here comes nature's defibrillator. Better go (laughs) take Mister Terrazine or the A-Feeble set in. The problem (laughs) is that he is so proud of that metaphor. He thinks that is basically God's gift of writing. He thinks that is he is the. I mean, to be fair, do you not just? defibrillator to writing itself do you I mean, not just step out of the door on february the 12th and like all of a sudden just trees shoot <laughs> yeah. out from the ground uh, i mean and, like, I'm, a fucking deer strolls past. i mean speak for yourself well, i had a heart attack on the last day of winter and then when spring rolled around it just brought me back to life it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um in, just, it says a lot that he included that in the fucking blurb and straight away as well can, like the can, we, can we carry on continue with this blurb yeah. in the same
same way, the techniques used here will be the high voltage pacemaker you have been looking oh, for. Oh, shut your up! Writing. Just go re- re- ready, ready to greet you are females with constellation blue eyes and megawatt smiles like the ones I talked about earlier. You know what, males, uh, males with Hercules gold hair and big like panthers in slow mo. <laughs> 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 what? Sorry, sorry. Can you just can you just repeat that bit? Males with Hercules gold hair move like panthers in slow mo. What the fuck does that even mean? I walk up to the club like a panther in slow mo. Gonna go and die and find me a big hoe. I <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. Okay. I, like, I like that. No, That's all I had. Uh, ready to drop some. Do you know what? <laughs> no, listening to details from this book here is the first time I've been glad I spent nine thousand pounds a year on a creative writing course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, if it was you, worth you, it, getting higher level education on writing than this, you could have only spent uh, nine pound ninety nine. This book where you could have described, yeah. f- where you could have described thump thump bumblebees, wings of th- uh, wings of thrum, loot from honeypots of mustard yellow flowers, willowy waterfalls slo- um, swoop into infinity pools while the stars above sparkle like angel fire that, isn't angel fire a fucking web hosting website from fucking 1999 that, <laughs> that sounded at first a bit like something a first draft the doctor seuss wrote whilst having uh, a stroke yeah. yeah sparkle above like angel fire pine and peach mint and meringue all the smells and tastes you could wish for are inside Join us on a eat them schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> Join us on a multi-sensory voyage of discovery. Stop. No. Stop. No. Change the way you think forever. Nature can be a cruel, a cruel mistress. However, no, no. This, this, no, this is a sentence on its own. Nature can be a cruel mistress. Comma. However, full stop. That's a full sentence. Oh, don't, uh, don't in a fucking end. blurb. So you read that again. Nature can be a, a cruel mistress. Comma. Uh, comma however, full stop. Okay, no, yeah. no, 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 that, yeah, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. It, it doesn't make sense doesn't because make sense. however connotes... But it's in reference to the previous sentence. Blood I red, struggle with blood yeah, red moons. Yeah, wouldn't use it to end with, though. Welcome to the garden you would have, You would have it in the middle. Blood red moons leer over boiling seas. No, no, he's not. He nor anyone else has never pulled him up on his writing. It would, it would be more natural to be like, what's the sentence again? What one I'm starting on now? Or? Uh, no, the fucking. Nature can one. be a cruel mistress. However, you could just have that, that, that's nature. A however, sentence. could be a cruel mistress. Yeah, you know, you know, but, you know. Like, but it, it doesn't go anywhere. I, I thought nature can be a cruel mistress. However, comma. I, I, I thought it'd like start saying like more, oh, right. um, more like sort of angry things about nature. But that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> I've, I've been, really uh, angry about nature. Yeah, I'm actually end of the sentence. The the thing about this is like this sort of makes me think, and like like this overwriting gives me the impression that this is someone who has never done it legitimately or seriously yeah. or even been open to fair, honest scrutiny from informed critics. Like, my assumption is that this is someone who got this job as a secondary school teacher, realised that he knew a few words that were bigger than three or four syllables, and when, like, like Andy uh, Twig. When, <laughs> and, when, and when all of the other, like, PE teachers and all the other teachers from his school, you presumably barely know how to fucking read, said, oh, wow, that's really good. You're a really good writer. He went, you know yeah, what? I yeah, am. I am. I am. <laughs> Welcome, I definitive Welcome to my Facebook feed in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll continue. Blood red moons leer over boiling seas while mariners try to defy ancient curses. Grim-faced men fight for their lives under starless skies, and some blasted deserts burn hotter than Greek fire. What's that? What's so hot about? What's what the fuck does any of this have to do about learning it, to it, write? It, 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 it still goes on. 
Even the lightning flashes like the cold gold prongs of the apocalypse. Wait, is this, I the, don't care. Is this the blurb? This is the blurb. No, yeah, this this, this is a sentence on its own. Even the lightning flashes like the go- the the cold gold prongs of the apocalypse. Full stop. That's a whole like that doesn't make any sense. Like, anyway, I'm carrying on. This the, is the this is the blurb. The, yeah, this is the blurb. This is a long the, ass blurb. Now, now now it's going back and talking about the book. The book provides a platform for students, parents, teachers, and lovers of English to launch their descriptive powers into a new orbit. The word bank contains words for five different levels of ability. Whoa! Wh- wh- whether you are whether you are a young English student or a seasoned scribe, like us, us there. Yeah. You will find that this book will transform the way you think about descriptive writing. You've yeah. said it like six times. It has. It, it has. It shit. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you think. But the, okay, the most successful means of changing someone's mind is doing it subconsciously. And yet he's now said six times on the back of the book, "I'm going to change the way you think," which is therefore you're going to be actively trying to stop it. I'm just so angry. This guy. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry about how angry okay, I've got. Robin. I'm going to. I'm going to okay. calm down. I'm going to calm down. We're all. About, we're all feeling the tension. Yeah, we're all feeling the pressure. Just go to my happy place and think about Greta Gerwig. Go on. Keep keep going, Ben. Uh, that's the end of it. Oh, thank fuck. Oh. But 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 there are reviews. <laughs> oh yeah. Are there any five star reviews? Uh, there's a lot of five star reviews. There's twelve five star reviews. What's that? What's Two four star reviews. The one star reviews right at the stop and um, the um, the title is Tables Tables Everywhere by Amazon Customer they really, really learned how to write from uh, from writing with Stardust for this didn't they truly baffled by the high ratings of this book there are far better books on descriptive writing this book should have been called Writing with Stardust where prose is so purple it's ultraviolet now perhaps the example <laughs> that's pretty good I like that <laughs> in that one review we've seen better writing than we have in that entire fucking blurb or any of the shit before now perhaps the examples of prose given in this book are over the top extravagant because they're merely to use as learning tools but I definitely don't recommend using them over a genuine piece of writing at least not with such frequency the prose fan of this book is apt to wrench the reader straight out of the story and remind them that they are indeed reading a book and then there's uh, quotes used as examples here. Rivulets are the plasma of the forest and an elixir for all the flora and fauna. Well, you just needed you just needed one of those. And then there's I quaffed deep from the gurgling river. It was first it was thirst slaking. The cunning mist fumbled around the mountain's neck with its filmy tentacles. I think, I think what, so a lot the of author... these are passive kind of sentences as well. Yeah. You don't really want to be right in, in the What's passive. What's the author's name? Um, it is um, Liam O'Flynn. I can Do see. Do you think else we can written. try and get like a phone interview with him or something? Yeah, we can try. We should try and get him on the show. I, 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 I think we should read his. Uh, you know, uh, after hearing this, I don't know if he'll be too too keen <laughs> I, I, on I, coming I, on the show. No, he, 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 he hasn't actually written. Um, he hasn't on his Amazon profile. He has nothing of his of his own published except how to write books. He's got no actual prose published. Mm. What he has is obviously got Writing with Stardust, and then he's got Writing with Stardust Spelling Workbook, and then he has Blue Sky Thinking, Thoughts That Glow and Words That Flow. Does this make you happy that we were taught to write by people that actually have written and know how to write? Mm. Hmm. Uh, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like, a lot of this is even less on par with... Um, no, I, no, I wouldn't call it less. I mean, of, of course, it's gonna be, Jordan Bone's going to be better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we should we should we should we should get this book for some for a podcast in the future. I feel like we should procure this and get back to it. It's fucking shit. Rougher around the edges than your mom's asshole. Is that is that possible? Who knows? Feel discharge.
So, to continue with uh, what we discussed last time, yes. um, which was Miley Annapolis and how yes. he's generally mm. a piece of shit, um, I said that I would dig up some of his poetry, mm. and I've done exactly that. I've got some of Miley Annapolis's hate preacher and alt-white, alt-right provocateur. Though that's that's a telling Freudian slip, isn't it? Yeah. The alt-white. Yeah. The alt-white. Basically, what the the alt-right is just neo-nationalism. Now, I, yeah. I find I find I find this interesting. I would expect the poetry to be of at least kind of some sort of decent quality because he does write. You know, yeah, and good speeches. And boy, in a way. Jordan, are we about to see whether or not you're correct? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as you can see there, uh, if you all look in on the screens in front of you, you yes. can see the front cover of Miley Annapolis's second poetry collection, okay. Eskimo Papoose. Did you buy this? I did not buy this. I, I, I found them online because, boy, did I not want to send money to that fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, his first poetry collection, I could not get a hold of. Um, it was called A Swarm of Wasps, and it was self-published when he was in his teenage years, and okay. he's largely trying to denounce it. Um, if I can, in future weeks, get a hold of some of the poetry from that, I will. Mm. But for the time being, we'll just have to do for this one. And it's all right, because it's pretty shit anyway. So <laughs> the, first thing, the, first, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the first thing you'll notice here uh, on the front page is that he has listed himself as Milo Andreas Wagner, because mm. he does not want to use his birth name. That is his pen name. And if we go now to the second screen, um, which is a clip or a picture of the author's preface, we can see something of an explanation as to He why. quoted Paradise Lost. He has quoted Paradise Lost. Wait, I've, oh shit, I need to have a look. It will come as no shock admission to the reader that I do not regard a swarm of wasps very highly. It's a work of juvenilia, extraordinary self-indulgence, and truly not really poetry. Is that a lot of what Malinopolis does? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't know why he feels like he's got higher standards now. <laughs> um, this, is, however, is his first attempt at a mature project. And this is the bit that goes back to, on the front cover of the book, it explains that this is an uncorrected proof. And here he says, I've avoided excessive redrafting. Whilst I agree that literary execution is a gradual corrective of the initial impulse, it is precisely that initial impulse I've sought to capture. And boy, is this rife with some unedited shite. <laughs> so, let's go ahead straight away. And in fact, before we do, let's take a look at this. Jordan, you're, you're a publisher, or a trainee publisher. Yep. What are your thoughts on this? So we've got some uh, blank pages immediately, yep. and the word one. That's, that's, that's for writing your cheats on. <laughs> for your cheats on. Yeah, yeah. When you, um, <laughs> when you get to certain parts in the book where you have, you have to like work out some, some code, you write that in it. Okay, okay. and he's, he's then immediately followed those few blank pages and one with some quotes in Latin, because, of course, he did. Well, mm. one's in Latin, one's in Greek. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you use a Greek quote, because in, in using the name um, Milo Andreas Wagner instead of Milo Yiannopoulos, it, it, it sounds like he's making an effort to sound not Greek. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like he's trying to be German. Yeah. Hmm. It's like he's got something against yogurts. <laughs> <laughs> So I've just sent over, right, let's actually, that, that's enough of that, like, just to, to get through the quick beginnings yeah. of the book. Let's go now to the first poem in the okay. collection. Robbie, yes. given that you are officially the third <laughs> best poet in the Midlands, yep. could you please give us your best dramatic poetic reading of Miley Annapolis' first okay. poem? Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Sensucht. This is, yeah, Sensucht. <laughs> One. Or is it I? I think it's I. It's I, yeah. yeah. It's I, but is it Roman numerals, is it I? <laughs> it's uh, poetry, ascension, it's subjective. Ascension, 
before sunrise, and the Fandreas, and Urn Mali. It becomes the totality. I belong to the whole. I am the whole. What do you think of that? Sounds like that jobbing. Sounds yeah, awful. it does. Yeah. 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 It, it sounds does, doesn't it? an awful like, a, a lot like he just wrote it in five minutes in a break waiting to perform some performance poetry. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like the, the one Jordan poem that goes, Kevin, vomit into my mouth, I am food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it works through. I mean, like when, when you've got poetry, genuinely you want to go through some form of poetic artistic structure. You want yeah. the words to flow. You want some theme to be conveyed in a graceful, elegant flowing of words. He doesn't necessarily have that here. Mm. It's just a sequence of words the sort of overarching theme of which seems to be, I'm everything, I'm really, really good. He finishes on, I am the whole. Yes. It's a hole, right? He's, he's... A butthole. Did him there, Ding, 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 ding. Got him. Okay, let's move on now to the second one in the collection. And this one is perhaps a little more in line with some of the ideals that he pushes today. Okay. Um, this one is called Post Tenebrous Lux. Who wants to read this oh, one? Can, can I have a go? Oh, go on, Jordan. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, seeing this I... already. It, so this also begins with a Roman numeral. I think they are Roman numerals now because there's, yeah. there's a one and a two. No, Maybe it's, it's, it's aye, aye. Aye, aye. Yeah. Should we just go for the first yep, yep, bit? Yep. Just go for the first I'll just go for number one. <clears throat> I am not an anti-Semite, but you do it. This is the slander of those who say that they are Jews, but they are not. They are a synagogue of Satan. I've seen them scrapping over a shekel. The wandering Jew with a capital F remembers only what wasn't. That the midnight death, that 1939, that crystal nacked was something life lacked. Even with our daggers in their throats, I saw smiles on their faces. We made them suffer. The power to live without Zion. Our filefots fervent, yet do I see those smiles. I kind of wish he had edited his poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, cause, but, he could but, ethically but, cleanse his poems. <laughs> the, the 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 perspective of like like fucking changes. It goes all the way. Yeah, I think could we take a moment to just go back to the very first two lines? Of I am not an anti-Semite. I am not an anti-Semite, but you do it. What the fuck does that mean? I I I think. He's saying that everybody who's calling him an anti-Semite is an anti-Semite. No, you are. Yeah. Also, there's a great bit where he misspells Jew, then shows that he can't spell Jew. How does so he spell Jew? He spells Jew, sorry. He spells Jew correctly, then shows that he can't spell Jew by saying there's a capital F in Jew. <laughs> Jew with it for Jew. For Jew. It's interesting as well, and I think it's very telling that he uses the term with our daggers in their throats yeah and making yeah, a very exactly. clear reference yeah. to 1939 crystal night but he creates an us and them doesn't he yeah yeah i don't understand why he's written this <laughs> bizarre isn't i it? don't understand what he's trying to uh, trying to say here also see all poetry it's it, it's that isn't it though it's it's devoid of artistic expression it is a man assuming that if he just uses words loosely. Yeah. He can create half-decent poetry with them by attempting to convey something vaguely resembling an idea. Yeah. It's not poetry even so much as remotely. He also, he ends the first section on, yet do I see those smiles? I want to know if he sees those smiles. What do you think? I don't know, Matt. Is he saying that he's a Nazi? 
is basically more or less more or less he said I'm not a Nazi but well we just say with our daggers which is the like old movement. look mate I'm not a racist yeah. okay we're going to go now to another one okay. in the collection uh, this is the fourth poem it's called Domination Fuck. it's quite a short one okay Ben would ben, you care yeah. to uh, to divulge this okay this is IV Domination boys came they took my things they broke two of my teeth but they could only beat me up they could not do me any real harm. You can sticks and stones can break my bones, <laughs> but calling me outright can never hurt me. <laughs> what does what does that make you feel about about a, a young uh, Miley Annapolis getting the shit kicked out of him? Um, happy. <laughs> I feel like he should be happy about it. We took, took his lunch money. I can't quite get there. I don't know. It's what's what's the line in Manhattan about uh, a sharply written piece of satire is one thing, but really when it comes to the Nazis, uh, bricks and baseball bats are another. <laughs> <laughs> He's it's interesting, and you'll see as we go through the the collections rife with this kind of, and given how much he now pushes the idea that your offensiveness and or how offended a person is and how badly done to a person is cannot mm. be used as a form of currency cannot yeah. be redeemed it doesn't give you anything special so many of the poems in this collection are yeah. rife with exactly that it's this shitty thing happened to me that, feel sorry for me it's, it's, this it's justifies my ideals yeah. exactly yeah. exactly he, he's, he's projecting the ideals that he proposes he is abhorrently against no it would make sense if it said Jewish boys came. Um, actually, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> those, a those Nazi Jews. They came and beat me up. <laughs> that, actually, that'd be a very different book. Yeah. Um, if it was about Jewish boys coming, uh, <laughs> different is, is, domination. Is, is, isn't he the brother um, of? Now, isn't he the brother of E.E. coming? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say domination. I was going to save this one until last. Yeah. But um, I think I'm going to I'm going to skip right ahead because this okay. is in line with what you've just said. Right? Okay. Um, this is the titular Eskimo Papoose. Oh, oh boy. This is it a long is, so, one? So this is, is this the a five-part epic? This is the We're only going to read the first section oh. because it is an eight-part epic. Oh, boy. So we're just going to go for the first bit because it tells you everything Paradise that you Lost need to know. By Miley Annapolis. <laughs> Written in a baby voice. Um, this is the oh, 24th geez. poem in the collection. Do you think there's anything in that? <laughs> Was he trying to say that? 24 as in 24 hours in a day brings it full circle. This is what it's all about. It means, yeah, I was going to say, it's really, it's it's halfway through the box set of uh, of 24. He he really wants to watch it, but but he's like, God damn, I need to to finish this poetry book. And and he can't can't not think about Jack Bauer shoving a a towel down someone's throat. Funny you should say that. Um, so let's let's go ahead. Is I think, that about 24? I think I'll read this. Yeah, one. read it, read it, James. Um, this is Eskimo Papoose, Miley yes. Annapolis's finest moment. <laughs> oh boy, there's so many to choose from. I've written a letter to Daddy. His address is sadly unknown. New line to me. <laughs> but I've written a letter to Daddy and shoved it hard right up the chimney. Daddy. <laughs> I cry as you carry me through labyrinthine horrors in your Eskimo papoose. Is his dad Santa Claus? Wait, 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 wait. wait. (laughs) And the reply comes in lipstick on my chest. Surprise! (laughs) You were raped by Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) It actually says that. Word for word, that is what he ends it with. (laughs) 
this, this is actually true. Can we put a screenshot of this, this up is, somewhere? Oh yeah, 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 we absolutely can. We absolutely can. To prove it. That, is, that is actually how that ends. This is twice now that I have attempted to make a joke that I realise I've actually just guessed the twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a fucking punchline? <laughs> Surprise! You're raped by Santa Claus! What happens in part two? <laughs> Does he have to spend his life coming to terms with the fact he was raped by Santa? If this uh, is all stuff that happened way. to him when he was a child, suddenly like everything's becoming a lot clearer. It makes sense, Shouldn't, doesn't it? Yeah. Es- Eskimo papoose, the rest of it, I don't have the rest and we won't lead it because it, it's just fucking dross. Okay. Um, but it deals with um, his relationship with his father yeah. and his uh, abusive relationship with uh, yeah, he... various members of his family. And Do you know what? I'm yeah. glad it was just Santa. It wasn't any of the reindeer getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> On Donna now Blitzen. <laughs> 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 In Donner and Blitzen, <laughs> in Rudolph and Prancer. It's just, it, it's an interesting one. Like, like I, I, I like that section um, in, in the first... <laughs> I can't believe that was the last fucking line. Surprise. That was the last exclamation mark. Surprise. I like that section. Um, he, he seems to be of the assumption that you can bring attention to. And it, he's doing it in a semi-interesting way. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, when you use poetry, using a new line can be quite a powerful thing. Yeah. It, it's a big separation of ideas. You use it to connote or emphasise something that you want. So he says, he opens with, I've written a letter to Daddy. His address is sadly unknown. New line to me. Making himself the emphasis, saying that... What was what, he trying to convey there? He's trying to say that everybody else knows where my daddy lives. All the Jews know. <laughs> but not me. It's, it's like a sudden realisation. It's like, my daddy's address is unknown. And he looks up to the corner and, and holds his chin and goes, to me? And, and, and then it cuts and, he, and he's like, he's hacking some database to find his daddy's address. Maybe. Like, I've got it. It's the North Pole. <laughs> daddy Annapolis. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> daddy just... O. His name's Daddy Annapolis. <laughs> hey, Daddy O. He's like a fuck. He's a big poet. <laughs> How do we fancy um, going for another poem? Go one on, that's then. a bit one more, more yeah. abstract, a bit more fluid. Yeah, why not? Okay, so this one is called... Je suis le art. Oh, no. no. Uh, this is the 17th I am the art. I am the art. Um, who wants to? Who wants to read? Should we keep going in this circle? Yeah, so, yeah. Robbie, do you okay. want to? Do you want to? Okay. Your best dramatic poetic reading of Je suis le art. Oh, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> hello, <laughs> Mr. Zebra. You are not really what you seem. It isn't really the case. If you could feel... You'd feel something was wrong, with button-down bottoms in three quarters. Not exactly had my poor playboy babies. Insidious softness is malleable, and yet... I'll say the middle word. Yeah, so... Fucking cold. <laughs> I don't know, I, we, we've, we've heard you say fucking before. I haven't said it. I've never said it out loud. Really? Yeah, I've yeah. never in my life said it out loud. And that's, it's only I've heard a, you say worse. Yeah, but I've never. It's it's just as a matter of pride. It's not why. Um, it's not because I'm offended by it. It's just because I've got this far without oh. saying it. So I want to see if I can like hit eighty without Let's saying. Break Robbie. Yeah, Let's it's break. no. It's just like it's is just it, a matter of pride. When, when it when his, his his family brings the birthday cake to the uh, to the to the care home, and Rob Rob is uh, covered in bed sores. <laughs> Riddled with dementia, and, we, and it's, it's like blow out your candles, blow out your candles, Granddad Rob, Robert, and, and he do, it, and he's just like, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so should we and, go and for then a flatline? Um, so yeah, so, so fucking cold. And then you've got to give it up. If you could only eat, you'd know. 
the biggest thing there'll be this year? What do we think this means? Uh, I the have no thing, idea. Um, well, the biggest thing of all be this year is uh, Verbal Discharge Eurovision show, <laughs> um, which is uh, in in April. Yes. Yeah. No, May. <laughs> May. Eleventh. Shit. 11th of May. Okay. Well, let's go ooh, now. Ooh, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. So we've what got, you got for me? We've got two other ones, and I don't know if you want to uh, pick between the two of you. What are the they name called? of the two other poems are. Psychosis Manifest. Oh. And the other one is simply called Father. Father. I'm taking Father. Do you want, do you want Father? I want Father. Father last or? Father is a... I think we should end on Father. Okay. okay. It's, it's a bit of a... Do you, do you want Psychosis Manifest? I'll have Psychosis Manifest. And then we'll come back to you, Jordan, for Father. <laughs> um, here we go. This is the uh, seventh poem in the collection. This is Psychosis Manifest. Oh, boy. It is my suffering. My suffering enables the serpent, the scorpion, the lasting foulness of Bethlehem. And you could release me from my fate to crawl in the gutter and die like a dog. But you don't. Do you know what? Things ever than dogs die. So. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, it's an like, unnecessary metaphor. That is like, also, I, I think the worst crime with that is just the fucking awful cliche. Yeah. Mm. To die like a dog. So what's he got to get this Bethlehem? Yeah, it's sort of the birthplace of the, well, of the King of the Jews, really. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Which is, again, oh. it's coming back to anti-Semitism, and uh, rather he says the lasting foulness yeah. of Bethlehem. Oh. Again, bringing it back to an anti-Semitic tone, even though he did clarify in Post Tenebrous Lux, the second poem of the collection, I am not an anti-Semite. Oh yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's, if he says so, you know, if he says so, it's fine. Even if he's he's explicitly said our daggers in their throats and made an explicit reference to stabbing and Jewish people. The crystal knot. Okay, Jordan, belt out, father. If we got father, give us, give us, a, give us a big old daddy. Yes, we do. Um, this one finally <sighs> is the twenty-sixth so poem in the twenty-sixth. <laughs> the twenty-sixth poem in the collection. Oh, it's quite small. It's quite a short one. This is simply called Father. XXVI. Father. Oh, boy. He told me to pray that God would forgive. But what? But what? But would God forgive him for what he did in my mouth? Oh, boy. Wow. Surprise. Surprise. No no surprise here. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I mean, I mean, at this point, you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> every man you come across. <laughs> or come inside of. Seems, yeah. <laughs> this Every th- member of Milo's family. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. No. I can't, I can't, like, that, like that, the that, corn that, in Milo's mouth. That's various me. I can't, like, I, I, I also feel slightly horrified if this is, these are things that actually happened to him. No, uh, from from what I understand, he, uh, he, did, he had, uh, I was sort of like, sort of, Situations with abusive sex with older men, but mm. also at the end of the day, he's a cunt. So, <laughs> but this is the interesting thing, though. Did the abusive sex with older men make him a cunt? I don't know. I don't well, think it, it, it made him a lot of boy pussy. It could, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. It could, okay, it could make him difficult to be around, perhaps, and sort of. I didn't have some personality, but I don't think it would necessarily drive him to a place in which he is so. But contentiously difficult towards people based on their ethnicity, based on their religion, based on their gender. But then, if he was abused by someone of that religion, but then he is that where it's come from? Is that where he it's come from? He himself is the, I think, he's the the son or the grandson of an immigrant, 
and he is himself gay, and yet yeah, he's exactly, yeah. targeting these demographics. And he's I, himself born of a woman. The, 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 the thing is with Marley and Upper, I'm not sure I touched on it last time. Mm. Um, a lot of a lot of people who support him are sort of like sort of like sort of like. Saying like, oh, 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 like he—he's gay, and even he agrees. Like, yeah. they only want him because they want this sort of like, they want a, a homosexual uncle, to, like Uncle Tom figure, yeah. to pretty much like just sort of that like be on their side and be like, oh, 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 oh I, I, I speak, I speak for these people. Oh, it's—it's it, it's what you think, guys. It is—is you're right in this. I'm like, God, we we are right. He, right. it's interesting though <laughs> because they're both getting what they both want from it. Right? Yeah. Like, the movement that is trying to actively discriminate against minorities, specifically against homosexual people, yeah. need Malianapolis on their side because then they can say, oh, look, it, it's that thing again, isn't it? It's, I'm not racist, I've got a black friend. Yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not homophobic, yeah. we've got a gay friend. But this, this is the thing that confuses me. Why, why, when he is part of those demographics himself, does he seek to... I don't know, less of their worth? Fame, money? I that's it. I, I think that's it. It's because he knows there's money in it, because he knows there's a name in it. And is that perhaps the most disgraceful thing and one can do? This is why I voted for the little boy on the counter last week, because I feel like we we're only fueling him by getting his name further out there. <laughs> this is uh, this is something I was hoping to touch on. Yeah. Uh, in, in the three... What, sort like of... the Santa Claus touch on him? Hey. Yeah. In the three joke. sort of episodes of Hate, I think the, the, the way that I sort of envisioned it happening... Yeah but maybe we might jump the gun a little bit here, would be if we could touch upon some poetry, give us a bit of insight into what perhaps made him the way he is. In the next one, we could touch upon his ideals and deconstruct them. And finally, we could touch upon, going back to what I said last time, he says these things and acts this way, knowing that when people talk about him, it fuels his agenda. He understands better than anyone that any publicity is good publicity. Hmm. And in doing this, in mocking him, are we not essentially empowering him? No, oh, exactly. You, you're, yeah. you're, the one who, you're the one who brought it forth, James. I know, I know. I and, feel if, if that's the case, it's your fault. And it's this your is... fault, James Boston. No, do you know how I'm, this. Do you know how I'm going to deal with that guilt and that residual emotion? I'm going to yeah. publish a really shit poetry collection <laughs> about I've... how I was raped by Santa Claus Jesus. and my own understandings of Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> I feel... <laughs> the book is actually just called that. I was raped by Santa Claus and my understandings of Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> a poetry collection by James Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> James Vanderbossen. <laughs> I feel, though, that if no one talked about him, no one made fun of him, and everyone just let him get on with what he was doing, and everyone just either agreed or didn't say anything mm. then we'd be in an even worse position yeah because like because yeah. like, um a, a, a lot of people like said oh don't give them any any attention but like in 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 doing that um what you, you just you just basically consigning these people to the shadows where like you just you basically like you, you're not aware of them that like, we got this whole yeah. awful world of people like, now that you can't see when things are brought to people's attention two things happen there are people who agree with them and then there's the majority of people who say oh well that's bad Mm. who didn't know it was going on before and i think this this again just conjures question of or conjures questions of freedom of speech and where do you draw the line of what is acceptable and unacceptable if anywhere Mm. (sighs) then okay can i i just want to hijack a bit um because i want to bring back up our old best friend um who we've neglected of recently we haven't spoken to recently uh george osborne yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, with his shiny been, new position. Yeah, been big updates in the George Osborne world. Big, even more in money. The updates. Osborneverse. Yes. Yeah, the, the ongoing Osborneverse. Yeah. The Osborne to rival the universe. Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yeah. The Osborne Cinematic Universe. 
It's now they've got a new spin-off in which he's the editor of the Evening Standard. Oh, yeah. That's, that's for Netflix series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's it. <laughs> the spin-off where he has to sort of... He's a bumbling journalist <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the next big scoop. Tory revolving door dot exe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the thing, though, isn't it, of people from the positions of power, what mm. with George Osborne and things, if he does friend... If he gets into a position of power and does his friends' favours, mm. they'll scratch his back in return. Yeah. And it means that he can perpetually maintain a cycle of success, and he will never, ever be brought down by any means. We, now... we, will, we will never, ever, ever see George Osborne brought to justice for the economic disparity and destruction no. he wrought upon the people yeah. of this country. He's and that now... makes me deeply sad. And he's now working six jobs, um, the lowest paying of which being the position of being an MP. Yep. Which is, oh, I'm including his position, his stakes in um, Osborne and Little as one of those. He doesn't yeah. actually do anything for it, but he still earns money for it. Um, mm-hmm. He's now yeah, working, so five jobs. Um, his lowest paid position is as an MP, which should be the most important as a representative of the people, of the, the, the country, of his yeah. constituency. And yet that is still a position in which he's being paid significantly above the working wage. It's do you just... know how much money he is... Sorry, James. No, um, no, no, go on, go on. Do you know how much money he's made since um, last July on speeches alone? Over £800,000. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, on, it's, on, it's, that's on... a game we should get into. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it. All you've got to do in order to get into that position is bankrupt the country first. <laughs> this, this Oops, is, sorry, guys. This is the thing, and this is why George Osborne is, is, is someone that I, I can love to hate so much, mm. because he is the absolute epitome of everything that is wrong with politics. Do yeah. you think he is going to take that position of being the MP for Tatton as a genuine position where people are relying on him and counting on him for political representation? Is he fuck? Mm. He's in it solely for money. Solely for money. He is pretty much the worst person on the earth. I, I, he, he, if it, he's genuinely, I, I would struggle to find someone I hate Mm. more passionately than George Osborne. He is, he is the epitome of everything that is wrong with politics, of everything that is wrong with greed, of everything wrong with the human race. He is a wretch, he is a lecherous little twat, and if there was any justice in the world, he would be dragged out into the streets and kicked to death. Okay, uh, all the people we've talked about on this this podcast, uh, all the people we've we've, we've hated on, um, um, best or worst... <laughs> um, so, 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 so we, we, we've got Twiggy, we've got James O'Flynn, we've got Marlo Yiannopoulos, and we've got George Osborne. Rank him, James. Fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's four of them. Yeah. Um, got, 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 we need an extra, extra, an extra option. Smill. What smell? Um, you, 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 you smell them whilst after they've been windmilling their arms for 24 hours straight yeah, in no, really heavy smell. clothing. The other option, kill smell. The, <laughs> I, 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 or the other option is sort of get stuck in a lift for six straight hours. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, oh, God. Fuck, yeah, marry, okay. kill, or spend an extended period of time in a closed space. And my options are everything. George Osborne, yeah. Twiggy, James Flynn, and Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I've got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. And be trapped in a lift with one for six hours. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'd I'd like to bring all of his um, all of his anxieties and worries and underlying demons back to life. And I would dress as Santa Claus, and I would fuck Milo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 James, you've been Santa Claus before as well. I have been a Santa Claus. I, I a... should have used it. I should have used the costume to fuck Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> Um, I think I'd, I'd have to kill George Osborne, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get stuck in 
a lift for an extended period of time. Oh, no, because I don't want to marry either Twiggy or James <laughs> Flynn. Um, I'm going to say I'd marry James Flynn in the hope that I could use the years that we'd be happily or unhappily married together. Because <laughs> I imagine the entire marriage would just be me shouting at him about how little he knows about writing. It's really abusive. <laughs> I, I'd quite... you shown! Not told! Oh, sorry, you've told... T- <laughs> Maybe I'm the bad writer. See, um, so I'd, I'd marry James Flynn and I would be trapped in a lift for an extended period of time with Twiggy. Yeah, I, I, I do think you would have killed Twiggy by the end of a... Uh... But by the time the doors would open, yeah. Can I not? Can I not kill multiple ones on the uh, of the ones I was kill, 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 and kill? Because yeah. <laughs> I'd kill them all, to be honest. See, I'd quite like to know what sort of fiction um, James O'Flynn would write about me post-coitus. <laughs> so I'd go for that. I'd, that'd be my option. That my choice. He was there. hairy, like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> His saccharine beard. <laughs> His dense beetle leg, bushy beard. <laughs> punctuating the furrows of his chin. <laughs> um, I'd quite like to be in the enclosed space with Miley Annapolis and yeah. just record the podcast with him. Yeah. Um, with him there. And try and like <laughs> the, really the, get... The new the series of Verbal it. Discharge is just Robbie and Miley Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd quite like to have him on and just sort of try and get to the bottom and see if you can get uh, uncover who yeah. he truly is over the course of the six hours on a lift. That put, put him in like a, a chaise lounge and you're sitting there in, like, in a chair with a clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me exactly where Santa Claus touched you. See, and there's two schools of thought. One, I really want to kill John Osborne. But at the same time, if I married him, I could then leave him and take 50% of his money. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be set for life then. So that's, or that's... marry him. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah. Make it look like an accident. Yes. Take all his money. Yeah. And return it to the people of Tatton. Yeah, that's some of it. Yeah. Some of it, <laughs> some of it goes back to people of Tatton. Uh, some of it goes back to people of the, who buy the Evening Standard. Um, and some of it will probably have to go to t- Twiggy as a buy-off so I can leave him alone. <laughs> so to pay for the legal fees we're going to face following this episode. <laughs> I think I, personally, would fuck Twiggy because I would dangle my frenulum in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't say this, can you, Twiggy? And, he, and he's like... <laughs> What's that? Just, just <laughs> I hope he's listening you know, to this. There's, there's a worry that whenever we talk to George it's Osborne, a f- it's a f- it's a f- f- it's a f- f- <laughs> George Osborne and Miley Nafis on are so far above us that we're punching up quite reasonably. But Twiggy is only slightly, <laughs> it's only slightly diagonal. It's not like a horizontal. Punch. Yeah, George Osborne and Miley Annapolis will never notice any no. of this. They're, they're like we're too far below them. But Twiggy, it's possible. Yeah, Twiggy might actually hear this. Well, James, we, we need to get James O'Flynn on the podcast at some yeah. point. Ben, what would be your choice? Uh, I'd fuck Twiggy. <laughs> I'd marry Twiggy. Which is what I was saying. It's what I was thinking. I'd kill Twiggy. <laughs> All while in the elevator for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> It's a busy six hours. I know, yeah. You've got to do... How do you have a priest in there? Marriage yeah. that's a, that's a You've whole, got to fuck him. That's and a, six hours, him. James. That's a whole fucking school day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting the priest in the elevator. I mean, that's probably what happened to Miley Annapolis and led him to be so difficult. Yeah. Um, have you not read the 28th poem in the collection, <laughs> The Priest in the Elevator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went down actually, on me. That's my Where he has to stop a priest in the elevator. John McClane. <laughs> I need to know now 
No, now, will you like us on Facebook and also visit our website, verbaldischarge.co.uk? And it's the end of a podcast. Wow. Oh, wow. What a yeah. podcast it's been. The end of a yeah. podcast. Bye. Had some fun. We've, we've, we've met some great people. Yeah. We've um, discussed Miley Annapolis's traumatic childhood. Yeah. And, and then uh, um, some, some more great people. There's us, and you can find us on things. Yeah. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash verbal discharge. And you can find us on uh, Twitter at, at verb dis radio. Yeah, we, we have a website, it's just verbal discharge. Um, YouTube, just search Verbal Discharge, just find stuff yeah, on there. With that, Go there's... subscribe to us, we're putting loads of video stuff up there's now. There's game things! Game things! Yeah. Yeah. There's other videos of us sometimes. Have we done a game thing recently? We had uh, me and James playing Gaelic Games Football. Yes. Which was an interesting experience because neither of James didn't even know Gaelic, Gaelic football was a sport. I yeah. didn't know what happened in it beyond it's the fact just, it was it's a sport. Just, it's just broken football, yeah. basically. It's, it's football, but there's no fucking rules. <laughs> you can just pick it up and run with the ball for a period of time inexplicably. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what else happened? What else is. We, had, we announced the next live show as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yay. So it's the Eurovision referendum yeah. on May 11th. It, the, the Guildhall, Guildhall Theatre in Derby. Yeah. Bring your sons, bring your mums. It's only going to be, gonna be two dads, pounds as well. Um, all of the previous discharge shows have been five pounds mm. or, or more. That, um, that's too much. This that's one though, this is this is nice. This is accessible. It's way more affordable. It's only two pounds. Like you, you can, yeah. you can like that is less than the cost of a pint. Yeah. That's yeah. than the cost of like a, a Pretty large much coffee. Yeah, like for just two pounds, we'll give you an evening of just shit hot yeah. entertainment. What do you say, you boys, want to go to the pub after this recording? Yeah, we could do. Do we have a final word? <laughs> just of the leave show that first? in the podcast. Do you have a final word? Of the show first. Should we do that first. Yeah, let's Should let's we, do yeah. that. First. Does anyone fancy it? Yeah, we'll do the final oh, well, word. If you yeah. want me to. Oh, well, yeah, James. Yeah, James. Yeah. Final word yeah. of the show. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want my final word? Final, final word, word of the show. James. Of the show. Tato tomato fulao maya hawina io sumo sele yo mai remarkable that's great you've been wanting to do that all podcast so yeah. entire fucking show james james has been wanting to sing in an ancient polynesian language as much as Twiggy wants to say frenulum. You know what? We didn't we didn't get to the bit though when you get the two guys from the Holo oh, no, oh, no, Kaka. <laughs> I enjoyed that. It's a good film. <laughs>